Welcome to Travel Worth Living, a travel podcast helping to share stories that matter from around the world. My name is Seth, and I'll be your host today as I talk with Ryan and Kayla, two travel enthusiasts who have recently embarked on a whole new adventure together. They first met via Zoom, one looking for a travel buddy and the other looking for love. A few weeks later, they both decided to book an Airbnb in Mexico, where they met in person for the first time. Their journey to find love in a most unlikely place wasn't always easy. In fact, it came with some significant struggles. Their commitment to authenticity and their brutal honesty throughout their growing relationship, however, has brought them closer together through this travel adventure. And now to tell the entire story, here is Ryan and Kayla. Thanks so much for coming on the Travel Worth Living podcast. I'm super excited to chat with you guys. We're excited to be here. Thank you for having us. I'm really excited to talk about your story about how you guys met and what actually piqued my interest in, in talking to you guys. Um, but first, give give us some background. Uh, let's start with you, Ryan. How did you get involved in the travel uh, travel sphere? Oh, man, such a loaded question. <laughs> so... <clears throat> I really didn't take my first trip abroad outside of America or North America until I was 30 years old. So I, I was like most Americans, just went to Canada, went to Mexico for my one to two week vacations and thought I was doing well in life. <laughs> I took my first trip abroad at 30, went to, landed in Lisbon, Portugal, and just my entire whole new world was opened up to me. Uh, it was like I had blinders on for the first 30 years of my life and then I just see how other people lived and I was enamored with it and, and I was hooked. I just couldn't stop. Um, fast forward about three years later, I just sold everything, uh, sold my car, sold my apartment, uh, quit my job and I bought a one-way ticket back to Lisbon to start an indefinite journey around the world. Uh, I, I figured Lisbon was where I first landed. So, you know, my first trip abroad, so why not start there? So, um, landed and I did a 365 day circumnavigation of the world moving east. I went to 34 different countries in one year, uh, six of the seven continents and five wonders of the world. So it was just absolutely mind blowing. Wow. wow. <laughs> um, I come home and it was the, the reverse culture shock was overwhelming. I just, um, I couldn't relate to people anymore. It's hard to have conversations with, with my friends and family back home. You know, I just wanted to talk about the Taj Mahal and Machu Picchu and they wanted to talk about other things. And so just, I couldn't really relate to anyone. So um, I, I was struggling. I was struggling to relate and find those like-minded people. And then the pandemic hit. Um, I had started looking for work around February, like right before the full swing, full full-blown pandemic lockdown started and then I had several interviews lined up but they all got put on a hiring freeze in mid-March once the pandemic and the lockdown hit and then come summertime I'm still like looking for that like-minded community I reach out to some online travel groups and and I, I find uh, a like-minded person and we have we form a really good friendship a really good connection and eventually he says hey like I know this other girl who gets it I want to introduce you to and that was Kayla. And um, that's how we initially met was over a Zoom call to talk about travel. So um, it's just it's a whirlwind. Yeah, that's awesome. And man, we could literally spend probably an episode or two talking about your round the world trip, just that yeah. alone. Um, yes. But I, I can fully relate to coming back because I feel like when you're traveling, 
you relate to other travelers, you relate to yourself in a way that you're experiencing everything, you're learning, you're growing. And so you understand where you're at in life. But when you come back, you're completely different. And that reverse culture shock is probably the hardest thing about travel that I've noticed. Um, because you get into the space where you've experienced so much, but you don't have those people who actually can connect with you and understand what you've experienced and talk about it. But yeah, so 2020. And then Kayla, uh, how, how did you how did you get involved in travel? Yeah, so um, similar to Ryan, you know, I, I definitely traveled before I was 30. But, um, you know, my travel looked very much like the typical American, you know, you go on vacation for a week or two, you experience a place you come back. Um, sure, like, growth and uh, perspective can shift on those kind of trips, but I had never really done any long-term traveling until 2013. Uh, I went through a pretty tough time in my life. Um, I was going through a really bad breakup and I was at this job that was just like sucking the life out of me. And I, you know, I kind of came to this this low point where I'm like, what am I going to do with my, the rest of my life? And I always joke and say it was like my quarter life crisis. Um, <laughs> but in that moment, uh, you know, I remembered that I had always said that I wanted to go on a road trip across America. And it's something that I always said I wanted to do, but never actually did it. And so pretty spontaneously, like, you know, this breakup happened and then I, I got in contact with my best friend and I was like, hey, how about we take that road trip now? <laughs> and so on October 1st, 2013, we left and we did a two month road trip across America. Um, the point was to actually go to all the national parks and camp and kind of use this trip to just heal uh, from the breakup and just kind of figure out what to do with life next. Um, but I don't, I don't know if you remember in 2013, uh, the government shut down and all of the parks closed. And so, <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of had that. to, yeah, it was crazy. It was literally the day we left for our road trip that happened. Um, so, you know, it just, I think that experience really taught me a lot about just, you know, you might have a plan and you're going to have to fly in the face of all of the obstacles and challenges that come up. So it really taught me a lot about all of the things that you experience during long-term travel. Um, yeah, and it also, you know, it led me to really figure out like, hey, you know, like if I could create this amazing experience in my life, like what else am I missing out on? Like, this is something I've always said I wanted to do. Why not try to do other things? And I actually opened my own business from that point on. Um, and obviously that was in 2013. So there's been lots of traveling since then, but that was really how I got into traveling. That's awesome. And yeah, absolutely. It, it's more the things that we don't do that haunt us than the things that we do. Like getting out there and being like, hey, you know, if you always wanted to go on a two month road trip, make it happen. Um, it doesn't matter if you're just living in a van or if you're, you know, staying at hotels, like whatever budget you're on. Um, just, just get out and do it because things like that change your life. And traveling in the US can still be quite eye opening. Um, cause the U S is, is huge. What were some of the things that you learned about America that you didn't know besides, I know it was very much a personal journey as well, um, to find, uh, uh, peace and, and solace and, and kind of refocus your life. Um, but what about America did kind of open your eyes on that trip? Well, the trip was really like heavily nature-based. So I think for me, like 
we, we actually, we didn't meet too many people. We met like some fellow travelers, but they were from New Zealand or uh, from like out of different countries. And so that was really interesting. Um, but nature-based, like I never realized how different the United States is in terms of just the, the landscape. Um, it was really, really beautiful. And uh, yeah, that, we didn't really have too much culture like experiences, uh, but the nature, the landscape was really amazing. Yeah, um, that's good. Cause I always, I always tell people like travel in America um, because a lot of people who are just starting, a lot of my friends, sometimes they're like, well, international travel is scary. You know, you might have to do visas. You might have to change currency. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but once you travel in America, it, it's, it's, still America. So it's not that scary. You realize that you can, you can just go with the flow. You can, uh, overcome challenges and kind of just be able to travel and it, it opens your perspective to bigger and, and broader travel. So, yeah, so you've been, that kind of kicked you off on the travel adventures up until 2020. So tell me about 2020. What was how I, I think the story starts with you, Kayla, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So in, at the end of 2019, I officially went full time in my business and the plan was always to become a nomad um, that has I've just wanted to travel. I, I love traveling. And so in 2020, I planned like, OK, this is my kickoff year. <laughs> and uh, I started off uh, in Bali, actually, February 2020. Um, I signed up to go on a, a month-long retreat with Unsettled, which is a really amazing travel community if you haven't heard of it. Um, and mm -mm. I was there with 14 strangers all through the month of February. And it was such a blast. I ended up staying uh, past the time that we were supposed to stay, but then COVID hit. And so, you know, there was a lot of fear going on. And so I had to come back home. Um, so I came back home to Massachusetts and, uh, you know, the next three months were in lockdown, essentially. We weren't really able to go anywhere or do anything. And so there was like a lot of grief that I was going through and experiencing just leaving Bali, um, not having the freedom to go where I wanted to go, kind of like the death of that nomadic lifestyle dream. Um, and so, yeah, I spent three months just kind of getting by uh, and luckily unsettled the same company that I went to Bali with, they did something really cool where they uh, had all of their alumni come together for like a month long mastermind experience. And so, you know, we all got on Zoom and we were connecting. It felt like we were traveling, like you're meeting people in Dubai and in India, like in Mexico, like all over the world. And you're connecting with all of these amazing people. And one of the people that I connected with ended up being Ben. And so, you know, I was also, uh, you know, planning to create a relationship in my life in 2020. I really wanted to find my person, my partner, and uh, up until 2020, wasn't really having that much luck with it. So I hired a coach to help me with that. And, you know, she said to me at one point uh, during those three months in lockdown, like, you know, Kayla, like, I know it's really hard for you right now to like, even think that it's possible to find your person because I, I don't like dating apps. Like I'm not a dating app person. I like meeting people in person. And I always had this vision that I would meet my person out in the world. And so a lot of that, you know, could, wasn't possible during that time. So she said to me, why don't you just start networking, start networking for your person, just like you network for business. And it's kind of like a very new concept for me. So 
here I met Ben and, uh, you know, I just had this conversation with my coach. So me and Ben, we had a great conversation and I was just like, Hey, like, you know, who do you know, who is X, Y, and Z? And he was like, Oh, I have someone for you. Like I have to introduce you guys. And so lo and behold, it was Ryan. And so I'm going into our zoom call thinking that we're like, kind of like feeling out a romantic connection and he's going in because Ben did not set me up powerfully. Ben did not say, Hey, Ryan, <laughs> this girl is yeah, looking so tell, for a person. <laughs> yeah. So let's go, let's go to Ryan's perspective now. What, what was happening in your life at this time? Yeah. So, so I went into the conversation thinking cause remember I was searching for the like-minded people, someone who I could talk to about my travels. I went into the zoom call with Kayla thinking it would be a friend connection. Someone I could bounce my stories off of. I could tell those random stories in India about or, or wherever I was about. So I went into it strictly as, hey, it's a, a friend connection. I can, a travel buddy or a, a like-minded person. So I had no romantic intuitions or, or, or thoughts at all going into it. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, I, I think that, I think that's really really cool though, because going back to what your coach told you, Kayla, uh, about approaching it like a business. I think so many people, I get it on my soapbox here. So many people go for the, you know, the sparks and the butterflies and the Hollywood version of romance. And it's like, oh, you know, I, I want to get out there and, and feel that feeling with my wife. Now it's just that very, we're best friends. You know, I can talk to her about the travel experiences. I can talk to her about anything because we're just safe together. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that you kind of went into this Kayla looking for something romantic and Ryan just looking for a friend to talk to. It was very interesting. So yeah. yeah well, so how did, how did that conversation too. go? <laughs> yeah. So, so I remember leaving the conversation on a huge high thinking, wow, this person is amazing. She lived in Bali. She did the road trip in the U S and she said she left it thinking, uh, he's, he's my person. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we just talked about travel the whole time. He didn't even ask anything about me or my life. Like that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I just wanted to talk travel and I thought she was the person I was going to be able to do that with. So that's hilarious. So how many times did you chat after that? So we definitely stayed in touch. So it was about a month or so that went by and we just kind of stayed in touch every few days. We'd shoot each other some text messages um, every, every couple of days. And then I had a job interview um, in Charlotte and the job ended up passing and well before that yeah. just ryan had told me at the end of the conversation oh, yeah, yeah. that you know he was thinking of going down to mexico mm -hmm. and like at this point we were in lockdown uh lockdown had started to ease so we could kind of you know move around finally outside of our houses but i was still feeling like really depressed and just like my dream that i'm supposed to be a nomad like it just went down the drain and so he said at the end of our conversation that he was thinking mm -hmm. of going down to mexico yeah. And I was like, whoa, like you can do that right now. And he's like, yeah, the borders are open. He's like, I'm, I'm really thinking of like relocating down there. And I was like, huh, okay. Like that, it kind of left a little seed planted. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we, we stayed in touch. And then I had reached out to him and I was like, hey, are you still thinking of going to Mexico? And then. Yeah. And then um, I said, hey, I have a job interview in Charlotte. I'll let you know what happens. A few days later, um, they, they, passed and I text her I just said hey Charlotte job passed let's go somewhere anywhere and I was being dead serious I I really would have gone anywhere that would have allowed us to and 
I really didn't think she would be open to it because who can just drop everything and go to Mexico or whoever would let us in at that time. But she was totally down. She's like, okay, where do you want to go? <laughs> now at this point, did you, did you like her? Were you still thinking, oh, just travel buddy? So to be honest with you, yes. But there is like something in the back of my mind, like kind of my deeper down hoping like what if, or maybe there's something more, but I didn't want to get my expectations up because expectations have hurt me in the past. But um, definitely just was yep. excited to have someone like-minded to be able to, to live with wherever we decided to go, so. That's awesome. So yeah, so then wherever you wanted to go, and what do you say, Kayla? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, of course. So literally, like, we talked about a few different places, like Croatia, Turkey, uh, just some places that were open at the time. This was, like, literally towards the end of July, so there wasn't that much uh, open at that point. Um, but yeah, we ultimately landed on Mexico. I mean, I think my heart was always hoping that it would be Mexico because I'd been to Tulum before and I loved Tulum so much. Uh, so yeah, like I think after after he said like, let's go somewhere anywhere, we, we like booked a two bedroom apartment literally a week later and we flew down there and yeah. We, we, we both bought one-way tickets the, the next day and booked our Airbnb the next day. Mm -hmm. And we were in Mexico five days later. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It was That's... wild, but we both just wanted out. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I know some people may think that like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. But like, for me, this is just kind of a way of life. You know, I, I live a global life. Like I'm very used to going to conferences for work and meeting people from all around the world. I did the unsettled retreat where I was with 14 strangers. So this is just kind of how I, I live. Um, yeah. You know, my sister was definitely a little like, what are you doing just going down with some random person? And I'm like, well, I, I got a good read of him. I felt good. I mean, yeah. he also was wondering if I was an ax murderer. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely didn't tell any of my friends or family that I was meeting a random stranger in Mexico. I definitely kept it on the down low for a few weeks. <laughs> but, but I did feel just a certain amount of comfort and ease with her over the month of talking where I just knew it wasn't really a risk you know the biggest risk was maybe we just had different lifestyles and <clears throat> maybe she was a bigger partier than, than I was or, or something but I just knew there would be a certain level of comfort there but I definitely uh, I definitely didn't tell friends and family for a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah some sometimes it's just like hey we'll tell them when it turns out good <laughs> until yeah. then yeah. it'll be a surprise that's great so you landed in you went to Tulum um, tell me about Tulum. I have, I have not been there actually. I've only been to Mexico once. Yeah. So I, I just love Tulum. Like it is just so beautiful there. Um, the beaches, they're just gorgeous. I mean, the aquamarine water, like it's just the white sand. I'm definitely someone who loves a more tropical climate. I like to be warm. Um, so just the sheer beauty of the landscape, the nature, like there's, uh, there is more development happening in Tulum, but there's also a lot of greenery still. Um, so that's for like the beauty. And then I love the way that it's set up too, because you have the beaches, you have the hotel zone, which we didn't really spend a lot of time in the hotel zone because that's where a lot of the tourists are. And it's very, very expensive. Um, but they have the hotel zone and then they have kind of like, you know, a couple miles down the road, there's Aldea Zama, which is a really nice neighborhood. 
um, where a lot of expats live. And then, you know, two miles down the road, there's the Tulum Centro, which is really where we loved to be because it's really that local feel. You get a lot of like the culture there and, and the feel for what Tulum really is um, outside of maybe like the more tourist, what's concocted for, for them. Um, and I just love that everything is within a six mile radius, you know, you can bike, like you can bike everywhere. Uh, there's the grocery store, the beach, like the gym, you know, the, the Tulum Centro, the hotel zone, there's just a lot going on in such a little area. Um, and, you know, everyone was super friendly, all of the expats that we met, all of the locals we met, everyone was super kind and uh, yeah, we just, we, it was a great place to call home, to make a home. Probably a very stress-free life yeah. living down there, down there. Yeah, so I guess my perspective of Tulum, I had never been there before. She had been. Um, I had only been to Cabo and Cancun previously. And, and they're nice places, but they're very heavy on, on the resorts lining the best parts of the sand. And there's no palm trees or no character. And so when I got to Tulum, I was just blown away by the authenticity and the character of it. Um, you know, the best strips of sand are lined with these small boutique hotels, not Marriott's or Hilton's or mm. anything like that. And, and the beaches truly are world-class. I mean, I've been to some of the best beaches in the world in the Philippines and Thailand and Australia and, and just, man, these beaches are world-class beaches. So I was just blown away by the vibe the authenticity and and the beaches. I mean, that's what you go there for the beaches, to be honest. So, yeah. And uh, what is it? Isle Mujeres. Uh, is that near there? Can you take yeah, like so, a day trip from there? Yeah. So that was, we did spend one week in Cancun proper. Um, and then we spent Okay. The so that's when you next, went there. Yeah. So, and then we spent the next four months in Tulum, but Isla Mujeres is like, it's a day trip from Cancun. You just take a ferry about 20, 30 minutes uh, from a ferry port. And we just rented a moped and just kind of scootered around the island all day. So that's awesome. So yeah. yeah so yeah, you're there in Mexico. Um, how how did things go? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when we first landed down there, like this is the first day. Um, I had been, you know, as part of my romantic relationship project, part of what I was working on was being fully expressed with men. And so I decided, hey, like I'm gonna be fully myself with this guy on our trip. And so part of that meant having a conversation with him um, about using our trip for, for our individual growth as well as relating to each other consciously. And so I made this request of him like, hey, are you down for this? And he was like, yes. Like he didn't look at me like I had 10 heads. He was like totally in and game. And so, you know, for that first week, we had a lot of really intense conversations around, hey, like, what's your vision for this trip? What are you looking to get out of it? Um, what are some of your expectations that you have? What are some of your needs that you have as a roommate? Like, how do we want to kind of relate to each other? And so, yeah, we had a lot of these really intense conversations. And part of consciously relating was agreeing to sit down every week um, on Sunday, just to check in around, hey, like, how is this week? Like, are we doing anything to annoy each other? Like, you know, how can we help each other get our needs met? Like, let's just make sure we're on the same page. Um, and so after like two weeks, two weeks and you tell this I part. should, yeah, yeah. so I, I should say this part. So, so it, it took about two weeks of this uh, kind of conscious relating, sitting down every Sunday, uh, having the hard conversations, asking the hard questions. And at the end of the 
conversation after two weeks, I, I just turned to her and I said, can I need to be transparent with you and, and just honest with you. I said, I, I'm interested in you as more than a friend. Can I take you out on a date next week? <laughs> and she said, yes. So um, that was just a huge growth, uh, growth point for me because I, I was fully transparent and authentic. And, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes just to ask a girl face to face, especially someone you're living with. <laughs> hey, can I take you on a date? If she says no, then the rest of the time, it could be awkward or weird, but, but we also had those conversations as well. You know, Hey, what does this look like? If it doesn't work out, if uh, we do go on a date and one of us isn't interested, I mean, we, we asked the hard questions and had the hard conversations. Mm -hmm. So um, I think we set ourselves up strongly from the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, I know Kayla had kind of been on this journey with a coach and uh, learning how to express herself and, and ask for what she wants. How about you, Ryan? Were you kind of used to this or was this a little bit new for you? This was definitely new for me. So I, I had never had someone actually make this request of me. Um, but with that being said, it, it worked out well because of some previous relationships I have had. I needed that transparency and I needed that authenticity. Um, I had been blindsided in the past um, twice in relationships. And so being blindsided is, is not fun. And so even yeah. though I, I wasn't used to it, it's what I needed. So she came at it the way she just requested it of me. And the fact that it was so transparent and authentic, it, it's exactly what I needed, whether romantic or not. So it was a, it was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, that's awesome. And were you expecting that? Were you wanting him to ask that question, Kayla? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, at the two-week point, again, like I said, after we had that initial Zoom call, I was thinking he wasn't my person. <laughs> and we went down and we were really like in the spirit of friends, like we were really being friends. And so when he asked, of course, I was, I wasn't like 100% all in like, oh, this guy is for me, but I was open to finding out. I was open to seeing if there was something more than friends there. Um, so yeah. <laughs> nice. So where'd you guys go? So where did, uh, for, for our first date? Yeah. So I took her to a really nice, fancy restaurant called the Mezzanine. It overlooks the public beach area in Tulum. It just has the perfect views, the perfect terrace. And we just had a really nice dinner, a couple glasses of wine and just kind of just talked about what dating would look like for us and expectations we had and <clears throat> really good conversations. So, and then we saw, uh, she can tell you about the double rainbow. So. Yeah. And then, you know, halfway through dinner, he, he like points behind him and he's look, look, there's a double rainbow. <laughs> so we go outside of the restaurant and there's just a double full double rainbow over the ocean. Uh, Cause it had been a little stormy that day. And so for me, rainbows have a very personal meaning. Um, they're connected to an elderly woman that I absolutely loved and took care of for the last five years of her life. And so I knew that that double rainbow showing up was kind of like her way of saying, finally, like, this is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. What a cool experience. So yeah, that kind of, that kind of started you on a whole new journey then, um, there in Mexico. So this is kind of like the, the bachelor just without the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> and without all of the men. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And without all the needless drama, but I digress. Um, <laughs> so that started you on a, on, a, on a new journey. So how was that um, being down in Mexico, living in the same house, being roommates, and then starting this dating journey? How was that transition? It definitely had its challenges for sure, because once we started dating, there were just some some things we had to navigate. You know, we're still living together. We're still roommates, but we're also trying to explore if there's something more romantic there. Like, you know, we still were booking two bedroom Airbnbs. We were still sleeping in our own separate rooms. Um, we, we just, uh, we tried to just think like we just, if we were going to go on a date, we tried to make it on the weekend and just have it that night be strictly about us and dating. And then once the date was over, we tried to go back to that roommate dynamic. So, you know, it was interesting and it was different, but I just feel like our communication was what made it possible. And I don't want to say easy, easy is not the right word, but um, our communication definitely made it doable because we were just always checking in with each other, always seeing if we needed anything. I, I would just ask her, Hey, do you need any space? today or this week or am I doing anything to annoy you like <laughs> um so yeah it was our communication that really helped make it possible but um, it, it was different I will say that I've never I've never done that before so yeah mm -hmm. that's awesome though yeah I mean it was definitely I definitely had a little bit of a crisis <laughs> um you know pretty much I had been you know, I had a vision for the, how my romantic relationship was going to unfold. Like I'd been writing about who I wanted as a man, like for in my journal for like the whole previous year. And so like Ryan literally was everything, everything that I wrote down, like everything, the way that I envisioned it happening, it was all happening that way. And so for me, uh, I, I went through a little mini crisis, like, holy crap, this is the thing that I want. It's here, but also I'm really scared. And is this for me? And, you know, so yeah, uh, for the next few weeks of dating, I definitely went back and forth around like whether or not he was for me. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it was just fear. And it was just like, whoa, that thing that I want is here. <laughs> so yeah, and you had mentioned there was there was uh, a point where I think you went on a one week trip, Ryan. And that was kind of a turning point for you, Kayla. Mm -hmm. What kind what changed during that trip? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, he actually, he really surprised me uh, a lot on that trip. Like he started kind of showing me like, like the doubts that I had, he started taking actions that showed me that those doubts, I didn't have to have them. Um, and you know, I, I am a, I'm a business owner. I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. And so one of my concerns was that, is he going to be able to kind of keep up with me? Like, I want to live a big life and I want to be doing amazing things out in the world. And he's actually writing a book right now, but uh, you know, he had kind of mm, gone a little dark, like, right. Like he wasn't really on social media, like sharing with family or friends, what he was up to. And so I was just nervous. I'm like, is, are we going to be able to kind of keep in pace with each other. And so during that week that he was away, he actually posted on social media and like did this really beautiful post. And I was shocked that after nine months of not being online, he came online and shared that he was writing a book and that he was doing this. And like the people responding, all of the love and like the inspiration that people were experiencing from his post, like it just blew me away. And I was like, oh, wow, like maybe he is actually willing to play in the world in, in the way that I am. And also, you know, 
I kind of broke his heart. Like <laughs> I had told him before he left that he wasn't my person and cause he wanted me to be honest. And I was like, I don't think we should, we should be dating anymore. And so uh, we had agreed that even if we weren't going to be dating, that we would still stay in each other's lives. And so just seeing how he showed up during that week, like after I freaking broke his heart, you know, he still called me to check in. He still made sure I was okay. So that was like, wow, like he really cares. And then um, lastly, so during that week, I had made a request because I was kind of like, oh God, did I end something good? Like, should I have just kept with this? And so I made a request of him, hey, like, this is going to be really weird and selfish, but like, I want to continue dating you, but I don't think you're my person. <laughs> I'm like, we still have a whole nother month booked in an Airbnb. Like, can we, can we just date? Like, can we just, you know, be with each other, enjoy each other's company, but know that there's a finite ending um, to this. And yeah, like it was such, again, fully expressed. I had to make that request, even though it was so mean and just not <laughs> my sister's request, but he wrote back to me, uh, he sent me a text and it was just the most beautiful text I ever read saying that, yes, he would accept uh, dating with a finite ending because he just really wants to learn and grow and be the best human he can be. And he could see that through us uh, having this time together. And, and then at that moment, after I got that text, I was like, oh, okay, this is all over. Like he is ready to grow. He is willing to, to really like, you know, be that man that, that I really want and need him to be. And so, yeah, from there I, I was in. Wow. That that's so powerful too. Just being so authentic and transparent. Um, it, you know, like, like you were saying, you broke his heart, but at the same point, like he, asked that of you because he wanted honesty. And so you guys were able to get to this healthy place where you've been talking through the entire experience and you're not just bouncing off each other's emotions and just kind of all over the place. And well, what do you want? What, are, you know, like we're, we're here in Mexico. Are you just, are, are you just here to have fun and then just leave me in the dust? Um, and you guys were able to talk that through and Ryan, you showed, you know, that you weren't, you weren't there just for that. Yeah. You know, I, I made her a promise. I said on that first date, or maybe even when I asked her to take, to take her on a date, I, I, we made a promise to each other, whether this works or not, I want you in my life in some capacity. And I'm just the type of person who does what I, I say I'll do. And uh, like the reason I went dark for so long on social media is because of how hard it was coming home from that year long trip. Like the reverse culture shock was overwhelming. And then I just moved to Mexico. I didn't think people would understand. And it, so I just had kind of disappeared from, from most people's lives, except for those closest to me. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just a weird time, but I, I ultimately I did what I said I would do. And that's just um, the type of person I feel like I am. So I checked in on her, made sure she was safe. Um, I invited her to dinner. I was actually there with my my family in that small town in Aquamal. I invited her to dinner to meet my family. I you know went to the grocery store with her because we had a car and she didn't. Like I even though I was hurting and sad, like I stuck true to my promise and made sure she was good and need, didn't need anything. So that's awesome, man. Any guys listening to this, take note. That's fantastic <laughs> advice. Um, real quick though, what book are you writing? What is it about? Tell, tell so us. I'm a writing about a book that. about, yeah, yeah. So I'm writing a book about my 365 day circumnavigation around the world and kind of the decisions that led up to it. 
the journey itself and then how hard the coming home actually was. So I'm just trying to tie it all into one book. And there's a lot that went into that decision to travel the world. <clears throat> there, there was uh, some grief and trauma involved. And I'm just kind of writing this to help inspire someone who, who may need the help down the road. So that's awesome. Um, do you know what will be finished when it will be available? I don't. So I finished my first draft uh, about a month ago. I met with an editor about two weeks ago and I'm just, I'm still, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm in the process of a massive edit. I mean, it is daunting. <laughs> so I have 275 pages, <clears throat> 110,000 words. I mean, it, it is daunting, but I'm hoping by the end of the year. Well, yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. And I'd love to have you back on when, when the book launches and we can just talk about that whole trip. That'd be awesome. That'd be amazing. Yeah. So you basically showed up for Kayla, knight in shining armor. You proved to her (laughs) that you weren't going anywhere. You're true to your word. Um, What happened after that? Yeah. So after that, um, we just kept staying in Mexico and we kept having fun. And, you know, I, I did express to him, obviously, that I, I think I made a mistake. And he was hesitant at first because yeah. he was like, oh, God, like, are you just going to do this again? Yeah. Um, but I just really kept showing up consistently. And then, you know, we also went through a lot of challenges together. Uh, there's a lot of challenges that come with living in Mexico. Um, you know, like there's we were there during hurricane season. There are times where the power will just go out for days because they're doing a lot of construction. Um, there's times where your water just gets shut off or your water <laughs> doesn't work. Um, we also went through a, a challenge where I got uh, hookworms in my feet from going barefoot down by where we park the bikes at the beach. Uh, so that was, I wasn't very fun to be with Ooh. that week. Oh. <laughs> um, I was in a lot of pain, couldn't walk. Uh, yeah. So we went through, we also had an electrical fire in one of our apartments. Like we went through oh, literally, a literally a fire in our apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we went through oh, a lot that's, that's scary. It was wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we went through a lot of challenges, but you know, the one thing that was constant throughout those challenges was, I wasn't very happy about them and was pretty like down in the dumps, but he always did something to like bring up my spirits to make me feel comfortable and happy again. Uh, I remember one of the hurricane during one of the hurricanes, you know, he danced around the apartment <laughs> like a dork. I, I lit some candles, put on my Bluetooth speaker with some music and just started dancing and just being silly. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah. So I think, you know, going through those challenges just really made us see that, Hey, like we can do this. And coupled with my consistency, like not changing my feelings, being really full in. Uh, yeah. He finally asked me to be his girlfriend on October 10th. Um, and we went to go celebrate at the mezzanine where we had our first date and we saw another rainbow. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Another (laughs) rainbow, the same, the same, the same place I took her on her first date a couple months earlier. Yeah. Wow. How cool is that? Very cool. Yeah. And and I want to bring up the point about what she said, like when she did come to me and express that she may have made a mistake, I was hesitant. You know, I I was thinking, well, what if she changes her mind again? You know, I I don't want to be blindsided again. I I can't, I just can't go through that again. So it took me a couple of weeks, maybe even a month to really get over that fear. But she, she showed up for me, just like I showed up for her and she was consistent and that consistency really showed and, and slowly, but surely that fear just kind of faded away. 
Wow. Yeah, I think that's so important. <clears throat> a relationship is both ways. You know, mm -hmm. each each person is going to need have have their doubts and fears and and it takes the consistency of both partners um in order to make a relationship work. And yeah, I just wow, what a crazy story. And so for somebody who I know you were talking, uh, Kayla, especially you were talking about how you felt ready for a relationship and you felt stuck and, you know, your coach was advising network, uh, kind of build, grow your network, find a, a, a way I've heard it as well as be the person who you want to meet. And that attracts that those kind of people into your life, into your circles. But for somebody who feels like they're ready for a relationship, but just doesn't feel like they have any avenues to meet somebody. What are some practical recommendations that you got, you both um, would suggest, but yeah, starting with you, Kayla. Yeah. So um, definitely the networking. Uh, I think that's a really powerful way to get introduced to people like who maybe aren't on the dating apps, or if you can't be with people in person, especially if COVID continues, ask your friends and family, let them know that you want to create a relationship in your life and maybe like talk a little bit about who you're looking for and ask them if they know anyone. Um, but before that, I would say the biggest piece, similar to what you were saying, Seth, is that you really need to own that you want a relationship, like 100% own that you want it. I mean, the reason why I wasn't attracting the relationship into my life before was because I kept saying, I want a relationship, but I'm also really okay on my own. Like maybe I don't want a relationship. Maybe I just want someone to like have fun with. And so I kept attracting those things. And so once I got, once I got clear and I owned, I want this relationship and this is who I want and this is what I want. And I did not settle for anything less than that. Like that was really powerful. Um, yeah. So th those would be my two like ownership getting clear on what it is that you want, who you want, what the dynamic is that you want. And then also networking if you don't like the dating apps um, and it's COVID and you can't meet people in person. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't have a lot of relationship experience to be fair <laughs> and uh, definitely not an expert on it by any means. But I guess my advice would be to live the type of life that you really, really are craving deep down, because then you'll attract that, that type of person into your life. Um, before I went on my big year around the world, I was living in Oklahoma City, and I just knew I wasn't going to meet my person there. Just, um, they're just, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I just knew I wasn't going to meet my person there. I just really felt like I would meet her out in the world somewhere, just the, living the type of life, adventurous exploration type of life that I crave deep inside of me. So that's what I would say is just live the life that you really want to live deep down and, and embrace what you kind of fear the most about it. So, yeah. And I'll actually add to that because a similar <clears throat> thing occurred for me too. Like, uh, you know, in October, 2019, I, I decided I'm not going to meet my person here in Massachusetts. Mm. Like I need to go out and live that lifestyle that I want to live. If I want to find someone who wants to travel and have this nomadic lifestyle, like I do, I have to start doing that and then find him in that way. Yeah. Like I'm not going to find someone who loves to travel yeah. going to, you know, planet fitness in Marlboro. Like that's just <laughs> maybe, but very, the chances yeah. are very slim. Exactly. So yeah, that's a great, great piece of yeah. advice to yeah. live the way that you want to be living. Yep. Yeah. And I think you guys both 
kind of touched on an area that I think is one of the causes for most relationships breaking up is the lack of authenticity on both parties. Um, like you were saying, if you don't, if you're not living the life that you want to live, you're going to, or if you're not being transparent about what you want in a relationship, you're going to attract people who are there just for fun or mm-hmm. there for living a different life than you. And you're just kidding yourself. And eventually you're going to get to that breaking point and you're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it caused so many problems. So yeah, what you guys were saying is so powerful. Live the life that you want and you will attract the partner that will be best for your life. Absolutely. I am, um, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Unless, did you guys have anything else that you wanted to share? I think there is one other thing that I'd like to share that um, the article, the CNN article didn't really address and that we haven't really touched on yet. Um, But I do want to be sensitive to the time that we're in. Uh, You know, there is a worldwide pandemic and travel is not necessarily encouraged right now. And so, you know, we, we knew that. And like my personal view is that like, it can't be all or nothing, you know, like we can't be all in like, you know, staying home and not living our lives at all because of we're in fear. And we also can't ignore that there's serious consequences to our actions. And so, you know, throughout this trip, like we definitely took as many precautions as we could. Um, you know, when we, when we got down to Mexico, like we weren't out gallivanting. This wasn't a vacation. This was us at an Airbnb, we went to the grocery once because we had to get food or we were spending time outside. So um, I really just wanted to put that in there because I think it's important. So, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily encourage, but we don't discourage travel right now. I think that there is a way to do it smartly and, and safely. And so, you know, even coming home, we, you know, we quarantined for a few days and then got COVID tests and came back negative. So I think if you are going to travel right now, just be smart, you know, do everything you can to protect the people around you. Um, But also we need to live, we need to live our lives. So that's the last thing I wanted to put in there. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, no, that was great. I think that's fantastic. And something that is it's necessary to talk about it right now. Um, because like you said, there's, there's two extremes. There's either, Oh, COVID is fake. It's a hoax or, you know, you gotta stay home period, you know, all for a year indefinitely. And I think there are ways, you know, we, we have so much information about how the virus spreads, what we can do to prevent it. And it is possible to travel and be responsible at the same time. Let's go ahead and wrap up this uh, conversation with a section called the rapid fire facts. And I ask a bunch of travel related questions and you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Do you prefer beaches or cities? Beaches. Beaches. What's the worst food that you've ever tried? Oysters caught in Portugal that day, like fresh caught oysters, just too, too sea salty for me. I don't have any because I've never been very experimental with food. So <laughs> play it safe. There you go. Uh, do you prefer Apple or Android? Apple. Apple. Do you prefer group or solo travel? Solo. Solo. <laughs> uh, with one other person. Yeah. With one other person. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite airline that you've flown with? Probably I love JetBlue. Like for for. Yeah. Uh, you know, within the United States. The nicest airline I've ever flown was Singapore Airlines. Crazy. Nice. Do you prefer a strict schedule or go with the flow when you travel? A little bit of both. (laughs) 
<laughs> go with the flow for me for sure. Nice. And Kayla, you're more like structured go with the flow, right? <laughs> yes. yes, you got it. Um, do you prefer the window or the aisle seat? Window. Window. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you want to live permanently? Um, I think we both can say, yeah. well, me for sure, Tulum, I would love to live there permanently. Lisbon, Portugal, mm. my favorite city on the earth. Yeah. Do you prefer train or bus travel? Mm, bus. Mm. Train. If I've ever traveled on a train. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh, man, you'll have to try it. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, last question, this can be as long as you want it to be. What makes travel worth it to you personally? Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'll go first. So what makes it worth it to me is just, uh, there's a couple of reasons, but the first one that comes to mind is just the aliveness that you feel, like the freedom, the adventure. Uh, there's nothing like exploring a new place. Um, and I think that when you do that, when you open yourself up to that, it really just allows you to grow in different ways. And it allows you to create a new perspective in your life that you just can't get by staying in the same place. So. Yeah, I, I was writing a few things down because so many things come to mind with such a simple question. <laughs> But um, the, the first few things that come to mind are human connections, just those those moments where you meet other people from other cultures and you just realize you have so much in common with them and they're so generous of their time and their resources. So just those human connections really kept me going on my year long trip, really filled me with an energy. Um, another thing is just living in the present moment. There's nothing more powerful to me than just being present to every step I take, every every second I'm exploring, like every moment has meaning when I'm traveling. Um, and I guess the third thing is just those simple moments that are hard to explain unless unless you're right there. Like those moments to me are very memorable and, and they're, you know, the Machu Picchu's and the Petra's, like they're cool and, you know, they're, they're memorable, but, you know, to me, the, the more simple random moments are ones that are etched into my brain a little more. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share this conversation with your friends. You can find me on social media at TravelWorthLiving or on the web at TravelWorthLiving.com. I sincerely hope you'll join me again next week for another incredible conversation about travel. I'm Seth Sutherland, and this is Travel Worth Living. <laughs>